What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Outfielder Podcast, episode number, I don't remember, because we haven't been here in a long time, 123, presented by Sensibly Loud Media. I am your host, J-Mac, a.k.a. Founder Numero Uno, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Popfly himself, Founder Numero Dos, Ben. What do you think, Paul? Baseball, Ben, what's going on, man? Hello, hello, hello. And uh, yeah, welcome back to the pod. Uh, super, super thrilled to be here for the audience, but I am even more thrilled to look to my left and see uh, see that lone stranger, that gunslinger of the West, walking in all the way across the saloon floor. Ladies and gentlemen, now batting cleanup for the Outfielder Podcast, number three, the great... Sam Bino. Good afternoon, Sam. Welcome back. Hello. Thank you. I was on the IL with hand, foot, and mouth disease. <laughs> Excellent. How did I know that you were going to go there? I actually was thinking about uh, the other day when we were talking about, uh, it was that episode we did a long time ago where we talked about Legionnaire's disease. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, I think I do. Why the hell did that come up? <laughs> It'll always be like either Legionnaire's disease, botulism, or hand, foot, and mouth diseases. I think that's the great Sambino. Um, if you were a doctor on television, those would be your three main diagnoses. And you know what? I think that would get a good, maybe not a full series, but at least like a mini series run. We could make that work. Yeah, and definitely a series of malpractice suits, I believe. Definitely. Ooh, that was good. You're coming in fast today. Someone's been working on the <laughs> slider. I like it. I stopped drinking, basically, okay. almost entirely. So that helps with the clarity. Yes. That's good. That helps a lot. That does help a lot. Sam, one question for you. Does your intro age well? It's been a while since you've heard it. It's it's older in terms of the show things. Does it age well? It does. It made me smile like from ear to ear. I was trying to hold it back, in fact. Uh, but good. yes, it's. I think it's aged well. I can definitely tell. still tell it's you. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was always the goal. <laughs> no, I love it. I'm, I'm here for it. And we don't need to change anything. No, no. I think we're in great shape with it. I think we're okay. Ben, I love the, the old drop of the what do you think, Paul. That's just a classic for the show. But uh, yeah, I, I'm glad to be back here with you guys. It has been way too long. Ben, you and I did some episodes early on uh, to start the season and um, have been pretty quiet. I had a lot going on and whatnot. No excuses, though. We just haven't been recording as much as we should. But, you know, baseball is like a month and a half in. And that first like month or two, it's kind of brutal anyway. Everybody's just trying to start warming up and getting going. You've got to get your first set of guys hurt and whatnot. And it's a, it's a good time to be back, I feel like. So I'm, I'm glad to be back with you guys. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I love just keeping it kind of vague because maybe we're on an adventure. Maybe the lawyers won't let us talk about it. True. Maybe we were still recording them and the podcasts are out in the ether. Y'all will mm. have to see. There's several that are missing. And that's a good point. That's I right. hear there's a lot of information on 4chan about this theory. Ooh, somebody check it out. If not 8chan, then that. No, let's not promote <laughs> racist Reddit. <laughs> that's probably not. I think that's Jesus probably Christ. a good point. That's so funny. Hey, it's been a oh while. We're God. all. What we're year all just... is it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's perfect. No, um, we are absolutely thrilled to be here. So I have to ask. Um, obviously, it's a baseball podcast. So, Sam, I feel like 
you're probably in a similar spot about the Texas Rangers where, believe it or not, this year the T on their hat stands for terrible. What do you think? Yeah, they're awful. I have uh, Adolis Garcia and Joey Gallo on my fantasy team, so that keeps me tuned in slightly when they're at bat only. Um, but yeah, <laughs> they're largely like, ju- they're just terrible. And what's the plan? Like, there's no plan. That's what's, that's what's so infuriating is if we could see the plan, it'd be different. But right now it's like, eh, let's just, uh, let's just put some duct tape on this and roll it out there. And maybe it's the SS rebuild. Maybe it's the SS championship, or maybe it's just a piece of trash floating in a, in a waiting pool. They'll pick up anybody that's cheap that will throw innings as a pitcher, and that's kind of it. So I, I want to bring this up because this is important while we're on the, the topic of the Rangers. Oh, we lost Ben for a minute, but Ben will be back. One of the more brutal things I have ever seen was the Rangers having – they were hosting the Yankees. They were – uh, because of the pandemic, they had... So, let me back up for a second. Last year, during the pandemic in the 2020 season, they had Corey Kluber on their team, who was hurt mm-hmm. majority of the year, right? He Was was he out all year? Almost. Almost all year, okay. And so, they had, uh, you know, nice promotional things planned that didn't get to end up happening because nobody got to go to the games. And one of those things was Corey Kluber bobblehead night. Oh, right. So that sucks. That, one. So, so me too. So in a Texas Ranger uniform. So they decided, you know what, we'll kick those things down the road and we'll go ahead and give them out in 2021. Still pretty cool. And they decided to hand out the bobbleheads for Corey Kluber on the night that he threw a no hitter against them. That is I really like that. <laughs> So yeah, what Ben, I'm glad that you're you're back with us. We were just talking about the Rangers and they were giving out the Corey Kluber bobblehead the night that he threw a no-hitter against them. I mean, that feels pretty good. I so so far, so far the Rangers have been no-hit twice yeah. and I believe this season they represent 50%, I'm sorry, a third of all no-hitters that have happened this year have been against Texas. So I want to talk about the no-hitters thing in a second more in depth, but that is brutal that it's been twice against them. Yes, and like one was like week one of the series, the season. It's like, hey, we're on the West Coast, first West Coast trip, get no-hit. Yeah. Way to go. Um, But no, so it was it was on Kluber bobblehead night. I did not know that. Yeah, well, I think they kind of played that down in the media because that's uh... – <laughs> That's, that's going to be like a forever baseball trivia question that people ask. Who was the only pitcher to throw a bo- throw a no hitter against the team who gave a bobblehead out that night? That is, I, and I I would wonder he got he's got to be in the the only like that's he's got to be the only one in that category, right? Totally, got to be right. The only reason, so I would normally agree with that. Oh God, Ben knows this answer, doesn't he? No, no, no. no. <laughs> Here's the thing, though is what all year would that happen? And it would happen the year after pandemic with no That's fans. True. And so you have all this leftover stuff. So then the question is, who all has thrown a no-hitter this year? And did they have a bobblehead last year? And be like, you could see where it would happen. It's certainly a stretch, though. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough look. It's a tough do you, look. Uh, do, you, do you try to bid for that? Like, have him sign one for you? Like, <laughs> I sign, the, sign your bobblehead? Of the night that you threw a no-hitter against the team who gave away your bobblehead? If I were him, I would be up there signing bobbleheads voluntarily just because I just threw a no-hitter against this team. I mean, that's just, you know, 
But yeah, I, I actually went to the new ballpark early on. Ben, have you had a chance to go yet? No, I was uh, I was in line for tickets for uh, an A's game this weekend, but someone else snagged them first. It was like a giveaway thing. Uh, I'm definitely excited to go. I'm rearing up and ready to go. Why are you laughing at that? That at was first, really funny. But no, uh, at first when you clarified that it was like a uh, you know a giveaway type of thing, but at first whenever you said you were in line for them, I thought you meant like you were there like in line yeah. and like didn't get them. And I was Standing like, at will call yeah, like. <laughs> What is this, 1987? Yeah, like, what are you doing here? You're doing something wrong. That's yeah. the only reason I laughed. I apologize. Like, well, Ben, there's always <laughs> tickets available. Damn. Oh, man. Now, yeah. How, how was it? What's your review of, uh, of Ranger Ballpark? It is a very nice place. Uh, it's one of those things. So I went whenever the Red Sox were in town. I figured it was a good time to go. And um, – so it was one of those things I was there to watch my team anyway. So it, it wasn't uh, as much, I didn't, I guess I would, wouldn't have been as focused on like the Rangers as I would on any other night that they're playing Minnesota or whatever at home, you know, yeah. kind of thing. But uh, the the overall feeling is it's a really nice place. It's a little bit boxy. I don't, I think that it's more, so it is more enclosed than like the Atlanta ballpark, but it also feels a lot like the Atlanta ballpark on the concourses and on the, on the, um, like on the escalators and things like that. There's a lot of really good, um, tribute type stuff. It's a really nice place overall. It was a great experience. I happened to go on a day when the roof was open. I actually really want to go here pretty soon when the roof is closed just to see what it's like in an air conditioned environment because to me it kind of felt like just a, a weird place that the rangers were playing their home games when there's a there's a ball, another ballpark that they've always played in right next door but it was a really nice place i'm impressed by that, it. that's great yeah i look forward to hearing what it's like with the roof closed i don't think we've ever had a dome um or a retractable roof for a rangers game so like show up on a 97 degree first pitch at 707 and like jump into 73 degree air conditioning it's got to be excellent excellent especially on like those sunday day games and stuff like that where it's like 100 degrees out there oh my god Ugh, absolutely not that's terrible that was, i was asking my wife i was like when do you want to get tickets and she was like well it has to be an evening game and i was like does it? i think i know where you're at with this and i said why she goes because it's so hot and i was like hey hey guess what <laughs> they built a new ballpark she's like oh yeah i forgot about that <laughs> I was a little bit taken aback by, so we so whenever we went, the rules were, and this was um, early May, so it was about a month ago, and they had a lot of the mask provisions and stuff like that still going on, but like people were kind of wearing masks, but they kind of weren't, you know, and it's like a, like a lot of it was like pretty open outdoors and away from people at times and whatnot, so like it, it was. About how it's gone in Texas as far as the mask stuff, you know, plays out. And one of the rules that they they said was not a COVID thing, but like felt like a COVID type of rule was that you can't bring anything bigger than like, like my, my wife couldn't bring her purse in. Like she, like she had to bring like her wristlet. That's, that's like the biggest thing that you can bring in with you. You can't bring like coolers like you used to be able to and you can't bring like even like a big bag or anything like that you can't do that i was shocked by that that was very very strange for you know i was talking to my mother-in-law about this and she said that you know whenever growing up they would take the 
you know the family to a game and they you know bring sandwiches and waters and things like that because you know that stuff's expensive out there and that was just always kind of a staple but i actually saw just before we came on the air like maybe an hour ago that they opened it back up to coolers and bags and things like that so happy to see that kind of things returning normal that was one of my questions because i am the guy who brings in like the entire 7-eleven full of snacks uh in fact, I think I, I went to a game and Justin and, and his wife were there and his wife looks at me and goes, where'd you get that bag of ruffles? And I was like, I brought them. You yeah. know, like chips are hanging out of my mouth and look like the cookie monster for Lay's potato chips. You were also the only one wearing like a trench coat on a 90 degree day. That's not true. It was wool. <laughs> Just kidding. No. Um, yeah, I, I wear shorts sometimes. Yeah, no. I think you did maybe with the trench coat. Stop. No. Someone's going to put that on a cartoon or something. Yeah, it's going to become a drop at the very minimum. (laughs) Oh, man. No, but it's a good experience. It's a really nice place. Sam, whenever you come to town at some point, I can't wait to see what you think of it. And Ben, we'll have to get out there uh, at some point together because it's it's really well done. I like that you can walk all the way around it. That's a really nice feature. That seems like super obvious, but most a lot of ballparks and stuff like that aren't like that, which is very annoying. Well, that's one yeah. of those things. Go ahead, Sam. I was going to say I look forward to it. I sh- I'm trying to plan a trip out to Dallas in July, so we'll see. Perfect. I also am excited when Sam comes to town because right before the pandemic, I bought him a Freddie Freeman T-shirt that I've just been like <laughs> hanging onto in my closet, and uh, I was going to mail it to him. I was like, I don't want to mail it. He'll be in town, and then no one traveled, and I was like, oh, I guess I'm just going to stare at this friggin' Braves T-shirt for the next 16 months. Why did you buy him a Freddie Freeman shirt? I was somewhere, and it was on sale, and it was his size. And I'm trying to be nice to my friends, J-Mac. No, it's it's a nice gesture. I'm not I'm not uh, shitting on the gesture by any means. I'm just curious. It's a very odd move. It, it, it's a particular player, that's for sure. Well, thank you, man. I say thank you. You're welcome. I, I think I, I sent him a text, and I was like, hey, what size do you wear? Related, not related, do you like Freddie Freeman? Like That was the order of the text message. That would have been good. It's like, don't read into this. Yeah, don't worry about what's about to happen. And, I mean, you could have still surprised him with it, I think, given that a year passed after that. Yeah, I mean, he may even forget by the time we, I see him again when the future happens. It's a um, good possibility of that. So it's pretty now, good. Or now or later, later <laughs> yeah. future. Yeah. Um, no, I, I do want to go back to something that J-Mac uh, mentioned, though, because I immediately started bagging on the Rangers, which, you know, hometown bias, I get it. But speaking of hometown bias, J-Mac, what is going on in the AL East, specifically as it relates to your Bo Sox? Like, Dude. what's happening up there? It's a wild year so far. It's, uh, I think the... So the, the Red Sox hired Heim Bloom as their GM last year, and I, or I guess two years ago now. And I think the he came from the Rays organization and, and is very experienced in building, and I think he's done a really good job of finding a lot of good assets that are diamonds in the rough. Guys like Nick Pavetta have really paid off really well. Um, you know, some of their young talent they've they've got they've done away with as far as like Benintendi and some of those guys that were kind of of that Mookie Betts era, traded those guys and kind of got a whole new set of guys in there to where Xander Bogarts is their most tenured person on their team now. Um, so it's a it's been a complete roster overhaul. Their pitching's been really good overall and they're about to get Chris Sale back here in probably the next month or so he's starting to starting to throw and everything again so 
there's there's a lot to look forward to in that and the division's been really weirdly competitive but not the way that I thought it was going to be competitive and the Yankees have been absolutely terrible which is great to watch they've been terrible in like non-tangible ways which is even better too have you guys seen much of some of the the crap that they've got going on like getting swept by the Tigers and whatnot over the weekend and that was the latest piece of news I saw on yeah. the Yankees. And I just read I read the piece. It, one of the announcers was just like, this is embarrassing. Detroit is a mess, and we just got swept. Yeah. It's, it's uh, which tough. makes me just, like, light up inside with joy. The hell of it is they're still five games over 500. It's not like they're, like, terrible. But like I said, they're terrible in, like, a weird way. Well, yeah. It's they, good. I was just going to say, they'd be winning most divisions. I think so. Yeah, no, they definitely would be. Do you are you surprised, Sam? And we'll get into like more, I guess. Um, well, let, let's start there. I guess I, I don't want to go too far into all the standings and whatnot. But Sam, I know you haven't t- had a chance to watch a ton of baseball, but like, what were your expectations going into this year, coming off of last year and whatnot? Yeah, I thought that um, I had two like major predictions in the back of my mind. One was that the White Sox were going to be really good. Um, and they're really good. Like the, there's just a lot of raw talent at, at most of those positions yes. and their pitching staff, like top to bottom, any one of them could probably throw a hit, no hitter, like any night. So white Sox, good. Um, I also thought that the blue Jays would be really good and leading the division because sort of a, the same story. Yeah. Um, lot, a lot of really young talent specifically in the lineup. Um, I think they've been struggling with their pitching a ton. But um, those were sort of my two major thoughts. And both of those are AL thoughts, which is fine. I'm sure I could like reach back and yeah. pull some NL stuff out of my head. But but those are, um, yeah, I think those are, I, I think that's kind of how Ben and I saw it too, was I thought, I, I kind of had a feeling the White Sox were going to be very good because like you said, the raw talent at every position, I think that's that's a given. But I thought Toronto would be a little further along than they are. So I I'd have to check the the stone tablets, but I I kind of disagree. I thought Toronto was was going to be a middle of the road type of team. I'm really interested to watch the AL Central specifically because I think the White Sox are definitely overperforming, and then Detroit's not great, but you're starting to see some of the signs of the rebuild, like little flashes here and there, where it's like, wait a second. What's going on with Detroit? And and then they do something stupid, but you know what I mean? Like there's just little blips. Yeah. Yeah. I, I what do you guys think of Tony LaRusse's job so far? It seems like he's kind of been old man baseball. Yeah. That's I that is the perfect way to put it. It's um, I don't want to talk about the Tigers. I think that's what my pivot was trying to tell everybody right there. Who uh who would be a better manager right now, Tony Larusa or my Jack Russell Terrier? The fucking Michelin Man would be a better manager. Like, what is that? It, it, so, of note, things that have happened since the season started and the DUI uh, video got released and everything, which was very actually kind of sad. Um, but uh, he has basically undermined his own player for pimping a home run. He is. But he's tried to invoke the whole unwritten rules of baseball, which just about every player in the league has come out and said, nobody cares about that anymore. Shut up, old man. And it's, I, I don't know. Is, is this a team where he could lose them or does it even matter? Does it like, does he matter? I don't know that it does. Well, 
So number one, the team's going to do what the team's going to do. <laughs> I would ask, well, that's the thing is, is he causing them to win games? Is he neutral or is he causing them to lose games? I'd say right now he's neutral, but he is always on the razor's edge of causing like to become a detractor. But he's an excellent I mean, manager. His, I mean, he's one of the most accomplished baseball managers of all time. Yeah, like it's, he, <laughs> he didn't even know the overtime rules, like the yeah, extra innings rules. Like he came out and was like, oh, yeah, I probably should have read the handbook. And it's like, OK, yeah, may, maybe you cost your team this one there, bud. I think Sam's uh, discussion of not drinking is probably not uh, not proficient with the Tony La Russa situation there. And, you know, you've been watching this game for 30 plus years and all of a sudden one year the rules are different. I, I, I kind of get it. I, I'm not saying that's an excuse, but I, I get I mean, come on. It's always been the same until all of a sudden it's not. That's, that's I weird. love I love Ben's concept of the team just teetering on chaos under his tent, <laughs> under his tutelage. Right. It's just like, well, we could do really well or we could totally implode because of you. Am that I wrong? I don't think so. We've seen it happen that's, before. <laughs> that's that's the point is you're right. It would normally be an absurd observation, but it kind of fits. Yeah. It's it's so that's good for that could be like a good thing, right? If you want to watch train wrecks all day, that might sell tickets. And those young guys are gonna play good baseball, like regardless of what happens with him. I, I don't I think it's it, it's sort of like the Dusty Baker thing in Houston. Like, does anybody remember that Dusty Baker is the manager of the Astros? I honestly did not until there you, you said it. There I thought go. it was still what's-his-face. That's my point. It's <laughs> my exact point. He's just there to make... It's it's like having an adult in the room. That's really all that needs to happen. And yeah, maybe he's that's... He's been muzzled in some capacity after some of the things he said in previous seasons, I bet. He's an idiot. So that's that stands to reason. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I can't really tell if it's really taking away. It doesn't specifically seem like it. And they're playing really good baseball, and they're continuing to grow together. I think that was probably the biggest thing that we took away from the 2020 season was that they just need to make sure they all take a step together. Seems like they're doing that. So in that regard, I guess it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Can we talk about the Angels a little bit? Oh, my God, yes. I'll let you lead this off. (laughs) Like, they have two MVP caliber players on their team and they can't string together more than like two wins in a row five games under 500 right now otani is like everything that we wanted him to be this season like two-way ultra star and then mike trout i guess i don't know if he's still hurt but like mike trout is mike trout and will forever be like the best player in existence and the angels are putrid (laughs) they're so bad and they're so okay I'm glad that this comes up, too, because this is tangential to that. I mean, they ran Albert Pujols out of town, which I can kind of... Because he's sneaky 52 years old or whatever. (laughs) Yes. That was one of my favorite... Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. That was my favorite... That was one of my favorite episodes of this show is whenever we broke down how old we think Albert Pujols was. Um but I don't even know if he knows. I don't. I really don't know if he knows either. There's a whole whole thing going on there. But I don't. I, I guess I'm not surprised that. I mean, they didn't really think that year ten of that contract was going to be the most useful, and it it's not. I mean, let him go and and move into the twilight. But it seemed like it was incredibly contentious, and that seems absurd to me. That seems kind of silly. I mean, the- I will forever hate Pujols just because he was on the. Uh, 2011 Cardinals like he's there in my mind with like David Freeze and all those people that if if I hear their names my like I get that shiver up my spine like someone just 
in the future walked over my grave. Uh, so anyway, but well, that's you. You think about it. The dude's an all star, and to just like they put him out to pasture. Like they were like, "Hey, we're gonna walk you in the woods." Uh, imagine looking at those rabbits. Don't pay attention to this gun we're putting in the back of your head. Like that's what the angels. They they of mice and mend him. May we participate in an exercise real quick? I, I would have to. I would like both of you to pull up the baseball reference page for Albert Pujols and look at his standard batting for his career, if you will. I'm going to ask each of you a set of questions. All right. I have it loaded. All right, Ben. How many times? So you know whenever you're looking at these numbers that bold means that they led the league in, in that statistic, right? Yes. Okay. So how many times... With the St. Louis Cardinals, did he lead the league in any given statistic? I mean, it didn't tally him for me, but... Just quickly, quickly count. No pressure. (laughs) I'm showing 35. It's a lot. It's a lot. 35-ish, right? Sam, after he signed his contract in 2012 with the Angels, how many times did he lead the league in any given statistic whatsoever? Two. And what were those both? Uh, Looks like ground into double play. (laughs) Ground into double plays. (laughs) You want to talk about uh, paying for the later years of someone's twilight. That's 100% what happened here. And we knew that when he signed it, but this is this is proof. The numbers they're obvious. And it only gets worse from there. So, it's an interesting exercise I thought. Yeah. Wow. I you know, I don't think I've ever pulled up his stats and there's just like a lot of OPS numbers with four digits and then they slowly they just funnel down and get smaller and smaller and smaller <laughs> all the way down. All whatever he walked in that decrepit pit in LA. It's like looking oh at God. the silhouette of Babe Ruth from the shoulders down. It's, it's super broad, and then it just ends like a tornado. Indeed. Indeed. So I, I'm not surprised that he left and signed with the Dodgers. I honestly thought he'd go back to St. Louis. I was surprised he didn't. But, you know, go I think he's just ring, I guess. ring chasing. You know, Dodgers are more likely to get a ring this year than St. Louis is. Therefore, if he wants to sort of pad the stats, get a World Series bonus or something, that's my guess. Yeah. It seems very likely that he'll sign with St. Louis next season and he'll just ride the bench for a game or whatever and then he'll retire. Yeah, sign a day contract or whatever it is to qualify. Yeah, whatever. They, however they do that. However they do that now. Yeah. What's league minimum for a day contract and how do I get one? Um, go ahead. I want one. I want one too. Oh, I, wasn't, I don't know how, but I want one. We'll have our people reach out to those people, whoever those people like, are. a great idea, Ben. We should like, like petition. Give me a nice fitted cap. Maybe a jersey, maybe not. Like, I'm not picky. And then, uh, you know, what is it? $15,000 for one day on a big league roster? Like, I'll, I will take that. And it happen- if it happens to be a road game in Seattle, like, that wouldn't suck either. I can just walk off the field and go to the fish market. <laughs> there you go. Um, in fact, every time Sam leaves a baseball game, he immediately walks to the closest fish market he can find, which is really hard when he goes to see a Diamondbacks game. It's true. It's so true. true. A lot of heat. Um, I would like to add as a note to the Angels, 
they are batting as a team on the season 246. And actually, I'm sorry, 307. And they are on base 409, slugging 716 as a team on a 52 man roster. That's not good. That's really bad. Sorry, the, but the batting of. average was 300 and the on base was 400? Hmm. 307 for the whole yeah. team? Yeah, for the whole team combined. Because you have to remember you have to you have your guys who haven't played as many games and all that shit that's baked into there. Got it. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's low. Yeah. That's not great for, hmm. for I mean, look at their their production. It's terrible. Their production in general is terrible and their pitching that's is the just thing, a brutal. The thing that I don't understand and this is like post-pandemic like chaos Swiss cheese brain. So like you know, put me on the cross if if my observations are off. But like, no one looks at the AL West this year and thinks, "God, that's a good division." So it's not like we can say, you know, everyone's beating up on the Angels and the Rangers. Like, yeah. I would say it's like a lukewarm division at best. Yeah, I, I would say so too. I think I don't think there's a team that's going to touch Oakland or Houston. Is it the weakest division? I feel like the central divisions in both leagues are always like. Prime for us to make fun of for being poor. Yeah. Minnesota has been exceptionally poor, and Pittsburgh has been just abysmal. I watched a little bit of Pittsburgh. Yeah. We've already made fun of Pittsburgh so much, and they do worse every year. Like, just when we think they can't get any worse. And Be better, Yellow Bridgetown. And didn't the Reds get beat like 17 to 9 yesterday or something like that? Pretty sure that happened, or maybe two or three days. But ago. Wade Miley threw a no hitter, so everyone in Cincinnati's happy. Okay, so what I, gives with that? Why? So, <laughs> baseball is pulling some screwy shit. I'm glad that we got back to the no hitter thing because they're pulling some bullshit going on here. There's there's something happening here, right? So, I, I would like to talk a little bit about my predictions for the season because I I promise it's related. I predicted that uh, pitchers would struggle mightily because they hadn't like their arm strength would go away or whatever. I think the exact opposite happened in that they had a short season and a lot of rest between last year and this year. And I think the pitchers are like fresh appropriately rested and the hitters have lost their hitters eye to start the season. Anyway, I think the hitting thing will catch up, but I definitely think the pitching thing's true. I'm sure there's like year to date um, stats that we could look at to validate or invalidate that, but that's just how it feels. I think that there's some fuckery going on with the baseball in some way, shape, or form. That's what I think. I'm a are there like spin rates that are informing that opinion? Or I'm sure there are. <laughs> Again, we could find backs to back up anything. Well, so the the and I haven't done the the legwork on it, but the things that I see referred to as people are going down that rabbit hole and pulling on strings of that sweater are spin rates, speed off the bat, and then. Um, isn't it whenever it bounces, like when it hits, you know, a chair, or the, you know, the stands mm. or whatever, like that's the way that people are telling. Those are at least the quote unquote telltale signs that people are looking for to see if it's a, you know, a juice ball or this mm. year, you know, it was too juice two years ago. So now they've course corrected or whatever. I mean, they only own Rawlings. So, I mean, you know, it's pretty, pretty possible, I would say. I don't think it's outside the scope of possible. That's for sure. But I just I don't think it's I don't think that, I think there's been a big disparity there though. I think I think we've heard a lot about rule changes and whatnot as far as moving the pitching mound back a little bit. Um, you know, limiting the one thing that we didn't get to talk about since we've been off is so the moving the pitching back uh, mound back 
has been talked about. The other rule that's been talked about is that whenever your starter comes out of the game, you lose your DH. What do you think of that? Can we can we talk through the mechanics of how that would work? So in the AL, mm-hmm. I think the pitcher's not hitting, so there's a DH. I would think that you would if have you, you would have to go universal DH across the board if you were going to do that. I would think, right? Got it. So I mean, but even, regardless, like, what would that look like if you remove your starter, you lose your DH? So who's like that? That individual person who is the DH also has to leave, and you replace him with someone else, or that slot is gone. Slot's gone. So then there's less people in the lineup. Mm-hmm. I don't get what mm, that's stupid. I don't, I'm not on board with this. I think the, the logic is that you, so that would help eliminate the opener pitcher entirely because the, you lose a sizable advantage by taking your DH out of the game in like the first or second or like the, you know, the second or third inning. And it, it actually gives teams a chance to so i mean to to be fair on the record i I don't agree with this this rule change either but i think it gives the teams a chance to create more offense in that way by having an extra person that can can slug the shit out of the ball or whatever the case may be in that in that regard but it's an interesting change but i think that's kind of the the goal around it is to try to try to make things more fresh but I, i don't know if changing those kinds of things really help I don't think that's. Do we want more people mashing the shit out of the ball, not less? Yeah, I I would argue that though because I think it's been tough. Like I think that's always, but I think for a long time that's been the the goal is more home runs equals more excitement, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But after you've seen it a hundred times, it sort of starts to to be less less impactful, I guess. Well, and I, I just wonder about the the longer term of that. That's the old thing where you know you have a rat problem, so you buy a bunch of cats. How are you going to get rid of all these cats so you buy a bunch of dogs or whatever? Like That is what it feels like Major League Baseball is doing here. To me, baseball viewership, yes, the games are a little long, relatively speaking, but that's not what's keeping people away from it. No. It's the fact that the, the, aver- un- <laughs> the average viewer the- is 100 years old. <laughs> it's but but why is that? It's because of the unwritten rules, the the fact that at one point they were the pinnacle of American sports progressivism and then they've done nothing progressive since Jackie Robinson. So like you can't hang your hat on your greatest accomplishment being in 1947. Oh, they'll try. They will well, definitely that's try. what I'm saying is like, and that's not a knock on Robinson or Branch Rickey or the Dodgers or anything. What it's a knock on is the fact that, you know, at one point you gotta, the band has to write some more tunes or people are going to get bored with the, uh, with the set list. And in this example, major league baseball has not done a good enough job to appeal to the youths uh, to keep the lifeblood in the sport going. We've talked about it with the fact that they don't enable their clips to be shared, that they'll shut down people's Twitter. Then you go back to the way that they used the unwritten rules of baseball um, to curb what I would say is a a rise in African-American players in the 70s and 80s. Then that just stopped. And it stopped because of, you know, the old white man club wouldn't enable success. 
plus you also had you know in the 80s with the uh, collusion and all that like yeah they've taken a ton of bad pr hits in the last 40 years and not a lot of good ones to make up for it not because there's too many home runs or too many strikeouts or not enough on-field drama they're in their own way there's no doubt about that i don't sam what are you what are your thoughts on this i don't know if i could have said it much better than ben so yeah let's just leave it with perfection no, I agree with that, Ben. I, I think that's really well said. I think that's a, that's a good myopic look at it overall because it really has – it's had the opportunity to grow, but it just strangles itself at every single turn. And, like, I, I can't ever get my I, – I just mentioned the age thing a second ago, but it is so hard for me to get my head around the fact that the average baseball viewer viewer is 60 years old. That means that for every – 30 year old or whatever you've got to have someone that's like 110 and it's just like that's just not like like you're not actually appealing to the youth in the right way to generate excitement about your sport in any way and they've just it's like they have they have completely disregarded that for a long time and all of a sudden kind of half-assed tried to make it happen yeah i mean that's that's true we also have to recognize that like people just aren't the same anymore technology has made us like a now 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 generation like TikToks are how long? Like 10 seconds maximum. Attention spans are very short. And it's a slow game of anticipation. You, like you have to pay attention to know why the situation is very important or like high leverage. So that's not common in young people. Yeah. I think that's and, true. And inherent. full disclosure, we're not knocking the youths. Like we get no. it. Um, oh, no, I am. I'm def- okay. I definitely am. The, the two, <laughs> you the might two, not be. The, the two statements I would make. Uh, one is baseball at its truest form is the art of foreplay. And then my silly point is as follows. Do you think Tony LaRussa knows what TikTok is? Definitely not. Doesn't seem like a TikTok guy. No. Doesn't seem like a cell phone guy. He seems like more. What, what were those uh, phones called that had the giant numbers Jitterbug. on them? Yeah, there you go. Good times. Jitterbugs, yeah. <laughs> Good time. I was ready, ready for that one. Yeah, I feel like you we've had this it, you conversation. Knew what you were laying down. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Um, yeah, no, it, these are these are good points. It's a shame. It really is a shame in a lot of ways. And you know, a big part of that too is I, I, I talked to Sam about this a little bit, and Ben, you and I briefly maybe discussed this, but I, I really, I use twenty twenty to kind of take some time off away from baseball and from, um, I don't know, kind of sports in general. I think, and it kind of made me realize some things are, are more important than than I may have given attention to in the past. And so I use that as a good regroup time and I've I've enjoyed coming back to it this year and really, really being able to dig in and enjoy watching it again and and everything. And I think a big part of that has been a lot of the discussion that we've had around how rotten the business of baseball is and how bad it just kind of sucks. And and it really is just like any other real thing in, in the the terms of business as far as it's being used as an investment vehicle for a lot of these guys and I watch it with my own team all the time I just watched the owner of my team absolutely just des- destroy the reputation of the Liverpool Football Club with this whole Super League thing that happened it's things like that where it's like they try to make a quick buck and it doesn't ever really play out in the longer term the way that they they want it to happen and so I think for me, it was really good to get away from that and to have a fresh perspective on it. And a lot of the stuff that you kind of hit on there, Ben, in that in your monologue there is incredibly true. And I don't really know what you do to fix it. 
I think I think you got to let Yerman Yerman Mercedes pimp his home runs, and like you got to let Ronald Acuna be Ronald Acuna, yeah, and not let. I think Bryce Harper's still an unwritten rules guy. Like that, he shouldn't be. Like no. if he wants to be really popular among his generation, he should like maybe just cool it a little bit. I should let them do that, and I think that I think that matters. I really do. There I is. like Trevor Bauer's take on a lot of this stuff, sadly, but like yeah. he's he's just like. If I hit a home run off of me like that, I would probably celebrate also. Please yeah. continue. Yeah. I think that's a good take. Yeah. Absolutely. I think uh, Chris Rock had a good bit seven, eight years ago talking about how you got to make baseball cool again, that growing playoff beards isn't appealing to to the youths. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very good point. Has that been a thing as much in the last few years? No, nah, it was, you know, like 2010. No, no, I know. 2014. I yeah, know, I but know. I am curious, though. Has that been a thing? Hockey, hockey is like the king of playoff beards. Yeah, that's true. Forever. It's, it's also really cold. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, sport. No, that's that's perfect. So, we all we, right. What, so, we've talked, go ahead. No, no, no. Well, I was going to say, we talked a lot about the AL, I think. Um, but I don't know that we really hit much on the NL. Uh, ben, what have you? What's been on top of your list as far as things that have piqued your interest this year? So it's funny you mention NL ball because uh, you know, and I was gonna say earlier, we always are are um, you know Pittsburgh tends to take it in the shorts on this podcast. That's still a beautiful ballpark that I want to go to in the very near future. Indeed. With that in mind, that entire region of baseball does not appeal to me. I'm no. sorry, Cincinnati. I'm sorry, Pittsburgh. I'm sorry, Cleveland, you know, even D.C., like, eh, whatever. But I'm really excited about NL West. And the Dodgers are not doing as well as I thought they would be doing and may have predicted that they'd be doing. But I don't know that the Padres are the ones who who are necessarily, you know, clipping at their heels like I was expecting. So to me, the entire dynamic of what's happening in the National League is super exciting this year. With yeah. are the Mets resurging? Would they ever be for real? You know, Atlanta has a good ball club. Did people stop paying them attention after they got bounced from the playoffs last year? The Padres are good, but how good are they? Like all these wonderful NL questions. That's what's uh, on my mind. I think that San Diego got off to a slow start, but they've been very good lately in the last month or so. They've been excellent. Uh, was it San Diego that had that that uh, collision in the outfield just a little while ago before we came on the air? Yeah, this afternoon, um, I had the game on in the background. I looked at the field, and two players were down. And I was like, oh, snap, what happened? And uh, center fielder and left fielder collided going for a fly ball. And then, if you want to watch a weird one, like, yeah, it was it was a train wreck. Their faces collided. It looked like they were trying to make Laffy Taffy with their skulls, which is never a good look. But one really weird thing happened, and that was with the rules of baseball, because one of them staggered up and threw the ball to the infield. The third baseman had the wherewithal to tap third and throw it to second. The runners had stopped advancing, and they forced a double play on the injury. And then so, like, the Cubs manager is like, what what the heck just happened? And the umps, like, they weren't paying attention to the injury. They were watching the game. It was just one of the stranger moments of baseball, you know, because you see a collision like that. You know, it's, it's like what Sam said. You don't just want to watch a train wreck all afternoon, do you? 
But it was like, oh, something kind of intriguing and weird with the rules is also happening at the same time. Play doesn't stop. I don't know just, where I'm going with that. But. Play doesn't stop just because that guy's laying on his ass out in the outfield. Yeah, and the guy who picked up the ball and threw it was one of the ones who collided with the left fielder. Um, so he he like stumbles up, he throws the ball in, and then he promptly gets on his belly and holds his face. <laughs> Yikes! That's it's tough. the same guy. He like uh, instincts kicked in, like playing yeah. ball for that long. Yeah, his brain told him to get up and throw the ball, and he did. And, he did. and then he writhed in pain for however long that was. I like that guy. I don't I don't even know who he is, but I like him. He's my kind of guy. One of them was Fam, I think. Mm, Tommy Fam, yeah. They've been they've been uh, really good the last month, though. I don't I haven't watched a ton of Dodgers ball yet. They haven't uh, they haven't been as stellar, but it's not like they've been bad. I mean, they've won thirty two games already. So you know, I don't think it's anything to worry about. I I think the biggest surprise in that division, and one of the big things in the NL that everyone's really kind of in disbelief about is the the Giants and the fact that their rebuild has been kind of expedited. They've been on the rebuild for what a couple of years now, right? They've been four or five, four or five, yeah. And was Bruce Bochy's last year twenty nineteen, or was that before that? Sounds, that sounds right. Yeah, right around. We were, I know we, we were doing the show, and I remember it was a big deal when it happened. Um. But yeah, they've been there. I mean, they've won 34 games and lead the division by a half game, at least at this point. And that's been really surprising. They've, they've played really good ball. I haven't had a ton of uh, time to watch a ton of their games start to finish, but I've caught a lot of random things here and there. Yeah, they're the second best team in the majors right now. Yeah, I think for me, I don't believe them yet. Okay. You know, like not to say that anyone can go out and win 35 games. Like, that's not what I'm saying. It's June. But yeah, is what you're it's saying. June. Yeah. Like, keep it going. Keep it rolling. Because I think both San Diego and Los Angeles have a much more robust experience roster. Um, that's not to count them out. I could totally see them in wildcard contention, but I don't see them having this level of success come the doldrums of August and early September. Yeah, we'll see, man. It's going to be... They've had a lot of things fall their way, but they've beat a lot of really good teams so far, too. So it's going to be interesting to continue to watch. You brought up Atlanta. And I think this... They've got a really young roster like they've had. I think they've solved a lot of pieces uh, for what... uh, Or solved for a lot of the, the holes that they had and picked up a lot of pieces that's kind of filled in some of the gaps there. That being said, I, I really kind of feel the same way about them in a way. Is I, I don't know whether to really believe them yet. And losing Marcelo Zuna is definitely not going to help the situation. No, their pitching isn't that good, but they have Ronald Acuna Jr. and Ozzy Albies and Freddie Freeman and Austin Riley's like finally becoming really good. Their offense is excellent. Their pitching, not so much. I think... In addition to that, there's sort of a cloud over Atlanta for two reasons. One is them getting booted from the playoffs really quickly. And the second is them losing the all-star game for political reasons. Like, yeah, nobody gives a shit about Atlanta right now. Let's put it that way. It's fair. I mean, I, yeah, uh, it's a, it's a absolute guaranteed distraction kind of situation there. So we talked about the Ozuna thing. I mean, what is there to say? I mean, it's a, it's, fucking terrible right i mean the guy beat the shit out of his wife and 
I mean, at least he's going to suffer the consequences for it. But like his baseball future is over with, right? How many times have we said that about people who've done horrible things? And yeah, that's true. But it's there's no shame. You saw the report, though. It's not great. It's not great. He'll be in Philly in a couple of years. <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott still plays for the Cowboys. It's true. It's true. It's no Aroldis Chapman shooting his gun off into his trash can lids or anything, but, you know, it's still quite the situation. Is that a real detail that you just shared that oh, yeah. I was unaware of? Oh, that's absolutely a detail that I just shared. It was whenever he was in Cincinnati. I mean, what else do you do in Cincinnati? I've yeah, been there. That's true. Skyline Chili. Skyline. Oh, yeah, that's right. Chili sucks. I told you it took me way too long to realize that Skyline was the name of the restaurant. <laughs> yeah. And not just like... Oh, that's what they call this specific type of chili. Like, I had been joking about it with you idiots for years. <laughs> and then I drove through Cincinnati and I was like, oh, that restaurant's named Skyline. That I makes wonder. Sense. Like, yeah. that was my realization. I got one of those texts from Ben that was like, I'm an idiot. <laughs> I was like, why? <laughs> um, is that not also the name of the dish? Like, I'm pretty sure that's the state dish, is like Skyline chili. Yeah, it is. It's spaghetti I, with chili on top. Yes, I. it absolutely is. I just didn't also realize that, that it was, it was a, a franchise. That was the part that I was like, oh. Got it. Yeah. But because it's such a beautiful skyline in Cincinnati, don't you know? Wrong. Well, you have the Great American Ballpark and a factory. It's got to be a river in there somewhere, right? It's right on a river, and yeah. both the Bengals Stadium and the Red Stadium is right next to each other. It's fine. How polluted is that river? It looked fairly like brownish. So that's like the whole region of America where for like 30 years you could light a match and throw it in the water and light the water on fire. So, Yeah, that happened in Cleveland. Uh, during one of their big sporting celebrations, the, the river caught on fire. I forget exactly what it was. It was a long time ago because they don't have a lot of those there in Cleveland. This has happened multiple times. We'll do some research and get back. Indeed. I honestly, I don't know this, but I think there was some sort of a tangential relationship of the Cleveland River catching fire in 10 cent beer night with the Rangers in town. Oh like, God. I don't remember what the crossover was, but there's some sort of a weird crossover there. We covered it in the episode where we talked about 10 cent beer night. That's right. Good times. Good times. Okay, so Ben, I know you had a, a trivia game for us that you wanted to uh, to debut. Is that correct? Yes. So uh, this is a game. I'm super happy Sam's here that we can play it. So uh, to my knowledge, Sam, you don't know what's about to happen, right? Correct. Okay, so we are going to play a game. I'm going to cue Justin up on the music. I'm going to give one clue, and each of you get one guess to try to guess who this uh, individual is. Then we're going to go one more clue deeper, one more clue deeper. And after five clues, if you don't get it, y'all got to buy me Chipotle. No, I'm kidding. But after five clues, if y'all don't get it, then I win. Okay. Sound good? All right, let's hit the Fanfare Expo. Who's that? Ball players. Perfect. Sam, you seem to be Did laughing. it say, if I just say the words, said, who's that ball players? Yes. <laughs> that was awesome. Well I done, need ben. that sound clip. So, thank you. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for your favorite game at home. It's Who's That Ball Player? Who's that? 
ball players. I am your I am your host, Ben Baseball. Let's have some fun. Uh, that angry voice you heard, that is Tom Hanks from a league of their own yelling, I don't have ball players, I have girls. But it seemed to fit very well here. Anyway, y'all ready to play? Yep. Excellent. Always. My my first contestant is from the Northeast and also California, but somehow North Texas. Give it up for J Mac. And my second player from Texas, but hails from the West Coast, now hangs his hat in Atlanta. Give it up for Sam Bino. All right. Clue number one. This person won the National League MVP twice, and he won them 11 years apart. Hmm. So I have first guess, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Read it to me just one more time, please. This individual was a National League MVP twice, and he won that two, uh, 11 years apart. I'm going to say Barry Bonds. Okay, Barry Bonds. Sam? Um, I'm going to go Albert Pujols. Okay. You are both wrong, but I appreciate okay. you both playing uh, for naming National League Ballplayers. All right. This individual... 12-time gold glove. Hmm. NL, obviously. NL, so so it's, uh, it's trickling down. Okay, got it. Okay. Yep, trickling down. Uh, I'll even go uh, primarily a center fielder. Oh, my God. 12-time. I wish I had a little bit of an era here. Those are as the clues keep going. Okay, okay, okay. I'm going to say I'm going to say Gwyn. Tony Gwyn, okay. Mm-hmm. Sam. Willie Mays. Okay. Ding 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 ding. We have a winner. It is Willie Mays. Ball players. <laughs> All right, Sam. Well done, indeed. Uh, so the further clues in today's knowledge of Willie Mays is uh, he debuted May 25th of 51, and he was in the Hall of Fame in 1979. 3,282 hits with 660 career home runs. Played in New York, San Francisco, and then I didn't know this, ended his career in New York as a Met. Hmm. The center fielder bit gave it away for me. I was like, it's got to be Willie Mays. Yeah. That's good. I didn't even think about, yeah, center fielder. I couldn't think of anybody else, though. I wouldn't, I don't think I would, without having the, the year, I don't think I would have pinned Willie Mays. This is a good Fred McGriff in the back of my mind mm, for some reason. That's a good guess, too. I, I so, felt like the Bonds thing was a good guess. Pools was a great guess, too. What uh, what did y'all think of the first inaugural round of Who's That Ball Players? I really really liked it. Yeah, I think we're going to con- continue to do this. The music's incredible, uh, asymmetrical, which is just bothersome as all hell. But you're uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know what you're doing. I know you know what you're doing. Um, I don't edit audio often, but when I do, it's for this 
BS. <laughs> pretty good though. That clip is just the best. Who's that? Ball players. Why? Why? Why with the second part? <laughs> Who's that? Ball players. Oh, it's so good, Ben. Congratulations, yeah. sir. Welcome back. I aim to please. I hadn't lifted a finger, and I got inspired, and I, like, stopped what I was doing. I could have been cooking dinner, and I stopped, and I was like, nope, I must put all of my energy and attention on making this theme music happen. No, we want to thank everyone for listening. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. However you're getting your podcast, that helps this podcast continue to be a podcast. So don't forget to do that. We are still at Sensibly Loud Media as long as we continue to pay that domain bill, uh, sensiblyloud.com. So make sure you check that out. Plus, we are all over the socials when we feel like it. Thank you all so much for listening, and uh, it's good to be back on The Outfielder. Good to have you guys back. We want to thank everyone for tuning in for episode 132 three of the outfielder podcast we'd like to thank all of our fans sensibly loud media our sponsors and those with a sharp eye to keep the runners close grounds crew please keep patrolling that outfit field big ups to kevin towers don't text and drive and we'll see you right back here next time on the outfielder podcast yeah.